Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you in the truck. We're uh, actually headed home, been out working today and on the road a little bit. Just had some thoughts I wanted to share with you. Uh, maybe not a real complex message. Rhonda and I watched a movie last night that was suggested to us by our friends uh, Aaron and Nancy over in Missouri, uh, where I work a lot of times. I go and stay with these guys. And we're always sending movie titles back and forth when we run across a good flick. And Man, he, he sent me a good one last night. It was called Running the Bases. And uh, what it did was it brought about a, a title, What's Our Purpose? Have you ever thought about that? What is our purpose? Now, this film such a powerful, powerful film, and even more powerful message in, in, involved in it. And towards the end of the movie, the, the lead character, the coach, said something that, that really hit home with me, and I immediately grabbed my phone and I jotted it into my sermon notes, thinking, I need to work on this. This is what he said. He said, when you embrace God's purpose for your life, you will encounter his provision. I'll say that again. When you embrace God's purpose for your life, you will encounter his provision. Now check this out. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 7. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. It says, Blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ, just as he is in his love, he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own, before the foundation of the world, so that he would be holy, or that we would be holy, that is consecrated, set apart for him, for his purpose, and be purpose-driven and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined and lovingly planned for us to be adopted to himself as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the kind intention and good pleasure of his will. To the praise, his glorious grace and favor, which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved, his son, Jesus Christ. In him... We have redemption, that is, our deliverance, and salvation through his blood, which paid the penalty for our sin and resulted in the forgiveness, the complete pardon of our sin, in accordance with the riches of his grace. I know it's a mouthful of scripture, but I'd, I'd encourage you to really study that out a little bit. Being holy has two aspects. God called us to be holy because he's holy. But being holy has two aspects. The position of being set apart as God's child, which is conferred upon us through new birth, justification and adoption into God's family, and the process of change, sanctification, that makes that position a progressively experienced reality. The goal of this process is to be conformed to the image of his son, God's son, Romans 8, 29. And it happens as you present your bodies 
as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, and, and seek to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, as it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Man, powerful scripture. His purpose is to conform them to the image of Christ. Who's them? We are. That, that's what the scripture says. His purpose is to conform us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. This means that God's purpose for each one of us is to be transformed in our character, such that we're more fully reflect the character of our God and increasingly live a life of love and of good works. We will encounter his provision. That was the second part of what he said. We will encounter his provision. In order for the believer to see God's divine provision at work, the first step always involves obedience to God's word. There is no other option. The widow had been commanded to feed Elijah, but he had to obey God and make his way to the widow. We see this in 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm going to read to you a little bit. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 10 through 16. So he, Elijah, set out and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks for firewood. He called out to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a jar so that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But he said, As the Lord your God, she said this, As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a, a, uh, a handful of flour in a bowl and a little bit of oil in a jar. See, I am gathering a few sticks so that I may go in and bake it for me and my son that we may eat as our last meal and die. That's all she had. She had enough to make her and her son a little morsel, and her intent was, we're going to eat it, and then we're going to starve to death. We're going to die because we don't have anything left. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as, I, as you have said. Just make me a little bread from it first and bring it out to me. And then afterward, you may make one for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain again on the face of the earth. They were in the midst of a huge drought during this time. She went and did as Elijah said. And she and her, and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty in accordance with the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. All of that reflects obedience. Now, she could have argued with him. She could have said, ah, that's not going to work. I don't have enough left for you and then to feed me and my son. We're going to eat one last meal and die. But instead... Instead, she decided to trust God and be obedient to what the man of God was telling her to do. And in doing so, look at what it says. God provided. The, the, the flour bowl never went empty. The jar of oil never ran out, just as God said through his prophet Elijah. Without obedience, 
it is impossible to be in the right position for God's miraculous provision. You need to catch that. Without obedience, it is impossible to be in the right position for God's miraculous provision. Next provision usually involves ministry from one to another. That, that's what was going on there. Before the widow experienced divine provision, she had to exercise faith and be willing to minister to someone else even when she herself was in need. Man, that's good. Again, think about this for a minute. Before the widow experienced her divine provision, she had to exercise her faith, but she also had to be willing to minister to someone else even when she herself was in desperate need. She had to trust that in her ministry to others, she herself would not be left empty-handed. made a comment in yesterday's message about blessings always create blessings. That when we give, the Bible says in the same measure in which we give, it shall be measured back to us. Lastly, divine provision involves the supernatural reversal of circumstances. Let me say that again. The divine provision, godly provision, involves the supernatural reversal of our circumstances. God reversed the widow's situation in 1 Kings 17, 16. She ended up with more than she originally had given up. God has the power to reverse things we cannot see, but only when we are willing to exercise our faith. At the very end of this movie, Coach spoke to the whole stadium of people giving a salvation message as he shared his testimony of why he was who he was, why he was doing the things he was doing. And in the process of this message, in his message, he spoke this next phrase that caught me extremely strong. He said this, the problem in our society today is not the presence of of the growing evil in this world. Now, I've kind of paraphrased this a little bit because I want you to really catch it. Let me say this again. The problem in our society today is not the presence of the growing evil that we see in this world. The problem today is the absence of God's people. It's the absence of God's people boldly proclaiming his word. It's not about inviting people to church. Although we should be inviting people to our churches, because our churches should be providing a message of salvation, should be feeding us spiritually, should be growing us uh, in our spiritual maturity. Not all of them do, but that's where we should be. But it's not necessarily about inviting someone to church. Now, make sure you understand me. I'm not telling you don't invite people to church. You need to keep doing that. But it's about getting outside the walls of our boxes that we created and being the body of Christ sent by Jesus into all the world to share his story of redemption and his saving grace. That, that it's, it, we, we can no longer remain silent. We need to be the lion inside of us. And we need to let that lion inside of us roar. It's, it's, but the Bible says very plainly in Revelation, I didn't look up the scripture, but you will overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. I say this often. That blood of the Lamb is obviously Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. His bloodshed to purify our sin, to wash us clean as we surrender to him. But it goes on to say, and 
by the word of your testimony, and you didn't fear your faith even unto death. In other words, you were you're you're capable and bold enough, even in the face of death, to share your testimony. That that's the power that's being provided here. We have got to get off our our, our pews. We've got to quit sitting there like a bump on a pickle. We've got to become Jesus on this earth. That's who he's called us to be. He created us for such a time as this. What an exciting time as we are seeing the unfolding of the prophetic. We're seeing the Bible prophecies come to pass time and time again. And it it seems to be running faster and faster and faster. Are we drawing close to the time that Jesus is coming back? I believe so. I can't tell you when it will be. All I'm going to tell you is you need to be not only ready, but you need to be doing what he's called you to do. Don't hide out. Don't don't hide your lamp. Remember what that scripture said? Don't hide your lamp under a bushel. Be a city on a hill that others can see the works of the king through you. That's what he's called us to today. What's our purpose? What, what is our purpose on this earth? But to share the message of Jesus Christ and to make disciples, to make followers of all people groups, everyone that we encounter. Quit waiting on your pastor to lead somebody to Jesus when it's your job. God gave it to you, not to him. Church, we're, we've got church so messed up today, we, we expect that man of God in behind that pulpit because we pay him to be there. We expect him to do all the work, and that's not how it works. His job is to fill us, to refuel us, to encourage us, to bring us to levels of maturity so that we can do the ministry on the outside the walls of the church, in our communities, in our own homes, in our families, in our cities, in our states, and in our country, and in this world. That's what we're called to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples. Make followers of Jesus Christ. Share your testimony of redemption. What did Jesus bring you out of? I've shared my testimony. I came from darkness. He brought me out of darkness. God rescued my life and set my feet on the path that he intended me to have from the very beginnings of time. That's what he's called me to do. And that's what he's calling you to do is also. Amen. What's your purpose out here today? Our purpose is to know who Jesus Christ is, to live according to his word, and to, and to be who he called us to be, being obedient as we are obedient, his miraculous provision comes. His divine intervention comes. Ron and I have seen it. We've seen his miraculous provision. I, I can't even tell you how much we've seen over this last year, especially two years probably, as God continues to provide. As long as we remain obedient to him and his calling, continuing to do what he's given us to do on this earth, he will provide everything we need. We may not have everything we want, but he'll provide everything we need. And it's it's biblical. It's scriptural. It's what he's going to do. It's promises to us. If we will do what he's called us to do, he will, in fact, fulfill his promises in our lives. Amen. God bless you. Ron and I love you. We thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your help and, and from each one of you, your friendships, your relationships. You guys are a blessing to us. 
May God bless you in return. In the same measure in which you give, it'll be given back to you. It'll be measured back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured right into your lap by men. That's what the scripture says. Not talking about money. You need to go back and listen to yesterday's message if you want to. I explained that whole scripture out of how it's been so misquoted, including myself. It's about giving of our lives, of our lifestyle, of everything we are. Amen. God bless you. Ron and I love you. We will talk to you again real soon.